Cost Camps Coaches Show, episode 10. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest, we have Matt Gingrich. He's the head football coach at Anvil Cleona High School in Anvil, Pennsylvania. Matt has been, and Matt, correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, the head coach at Anvil Cleona for seven seasons. Yep. He, uh, upon graduating from Millersville University, he was a, an assistant coach for three years at Cedar Crest High School under Spike Furman. He then transitioned to Cacalco High School. He coached there for 10 years under, and th- that could be a whole nother episode, coaching with your brother. Uh, but he was under <laughs> head coach Dave Gingrich. And um, he then he then went to Anvil Cleona High School as alma mater. He was an assistant coach under Terry Lehman for one year, and then for seven seasons he's been the head football coach there. Coach, welcome to the show. Uh, How is thank everything? you very much. I appreciate being on this. I've I've listened to all the episodes and uh, 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 podcast is my uh, avenue to be able to listen to things. I, I listen to it while I run or while I'm doing something. So I appreciate you doing this for all the coaches out there. If this is somebody's first time listening to a podcast, listen, you can you can do two things. I'm I'm not a great multitasker, but you can do two things at once. You can if you're able to listen to a podcast and do work at the same time. You can listen to a podcast driving the car. So there's my that's the uh, the podcast pitch there. And coach, I, I agree with you. Like as a dad of like like you as a dad of young kids, you can throw one of those in your ear and you can still work with them while you're listening. So it, it's great to be able to do that. I don't want to get too personal, but I hope you're getting some rest, coach, because I know if, if you don't know, coach has a newborn ish. Yeah. At least at the beginning of the football season, newborn baby. Yeah. And yep. wife's a head; she's a head field hockey coach. So I mean, a lot of stuff at the Gingrich household logistically. I'm sure that has that was going that, on this fall. That could be a whole nother episode <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, right. two, two fall head coaches at the same right. school uh, and a, uh, a quarantine souvenir. Yes, that would <laughs> be a great episode. Quarantine souvenir. That's the first I've heard that. That's pretty good. Yes, that's what we call her. So it, it was a quarantine souvenir. So, uh, but we're very lucky. She's almost—it's amazing. She's almost one. She's she's going. Uh, she'll be one in about ten days. Okay. So, uh, time flies. Cool. That's awesome. Coach is going to talk to us today. He he at, at Anvil Cleona, not the, not the biggest school in the state. So he's going to talk about coaching at a small school and and what he does to get all his youth program, the junior high program, the high school program all on the same page, all in unison. Coach, if you want to start us off with that, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I appreciate all the uh, episodes that I've heard, and it's awesome to hear unique perspectives. And there's a lot of things that I've taken, and I coached with Coach Schroll for a long time, so it was great to hear him talk. And, uh, you know, for me, I came from Cedar Crest. That was, you know, a 6A school and, and spent three years there, and, then I went to Cacalico and, you know, it's funny when I first got there, me and my brother were starting as a, uh, they just left section three, the old section three as a double a school. And we became a triple a school and went up to section two and played man, I'm central and E town and all those guys. And we were still a smallish school, 
but by the time I was there, we exploded in size. And, you know, now there are four or five a school. So when I came back to Anvil, there was a lot of things that I forgot uh, that happened at a small school. And, you know, clearly the one thing in the eight years that I've been here, uh, if you do not have a, a collaborative effort between the youth program, the middle school program and the high school program, especially at a small school, uh, you're, you're really not going to see long term success or any carryover. So that's kind of what we what I figured might be a good topic, especially for some uh, coaches at a smaller school like us. For sure. No question about it. Would you be able to start from the bottom up, like talk yeah. about what you're doing at the youth level and 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 to, to try to, you know, th there's a recruiting phase in that for sure. Yeah. yeah it, 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 go it, ahead. It's funny. Because it's funny because you look at it and you think about uh, other schools recruiting and, well, I'm a public school teacher and I recruit more in my own school than probably anyone else. Because unlike uh, larger schools where if you lose kids, uh, it might be for the better uh, right. for them, for you, uh, you need everyone on board. So where, uh, where we're at is actually this year we got reclassified to a double A school out of six. Uh, we're the second smallest in the LL League, and actually the LL League Burks uh, with the merger. Uh, we have 165, 166 kids uh, in our uh, enrollment count. Uh, uh, Columbia's at 155, and then the next lowest is 200. So we're pretty small. Uh, when I was a student there, when we used to play against each other at Palmyra, um, we actually had 144 kids per grade. We're down to like 100 per grade. Okay. So, so we're an extremely small school. Uh, so really, uh, the one thing that I came into that I was not expecting, uh, was our youth program actually, uh, uh, kind of broke apart. So Lebanon County always had a really good, uh, youth, uh, football program and it disbanded. Uh, and we actually lost our youth program, uh, for a couple of years. So we had some unique challenges with that. Um, so starting from the ground up, we actually started a flag football program uh, and the flight football program was very good, especially with all the concussion uh, topics and, and uh, concerns. Uh, and we're at the point now where we have about 120 kids participating a year in it. Uh, now, it, it's, it's a little bit different because we have some surrounding schools that have kids that participate in it. But to be quite honest with you, we really don't care. Uh, you know, kids move all the time. So uh, a kid that lives uh, in a neighboring, there's no question that they could end up being at Anvil by the time they get to high school. Uh, and just having numbers is great. So we start that. That's a K-3-6 program. Uh, and probably the most interesting part about that is our high school football kids coach that program. So we have no parents that coach it. It's all of our kids that coach it. What time of year do you do that? So we do that in the fall and it's two nights a week. So we do that on Monday and Wednesday night. Uh, the reason we do it on Monday and Wednesday is because on Tuesday I have quarterback club for our league, which is something that we always go to every week. And then Thursday, the kids always have team dinner. So our high school kids donate their time from six to seven thirty, or six thirty to eight. I forget what it is. Uh, and they do that twice a week for eight weeks. That's the month of September and October. Uh, the kids really take ownership of it. Uh, they each coach team, uh, their head coaches, their officials, uh, and it's really a neat way to give back to the community. And I think it really does a great job in, in uh, creating them as kids that will end up doing a, some type of service for their community as they get older.
So do you kind of like quote unquote volunteer your players? Like, do you say, Hey, Johnny Smith, you're, you're going to be volunteering to be a coach or do they kind of actively do you, do you ask for volunteers and then you, and, and guys kind of jump at it? Are so they excited to do the coaching. You know, it's it's funny because in the beginning of the summer, it's kind of well. In the beginning of the year, when we start talking about it, kind of they're like, ah, well. Once the older kids say like, hey, listen, this is the best part of the year. Like, I love coaching these kids, and it's a blast. Then the kids really get into it, and we actually get we're pretty lucky. Like, usually we have two or three kids helping each team, and we our junior high kids also coach. Uh, so it's really great to have all these kids out and, and the part we really, we do, you know, as an alumni and as a person who lives in town, I, I literally walk to work. I've never driven to work since I've been here. Um, yeah, yes, yes. Saves on gas mileage. But uh, (laughs) as someone who does that, uh, I try and stress to them, like you were these kids 10 years ago and think about these kids you know, the kids that were 10 years older and you that meant something and imagine that they would come and coach you. And I, you know, I transitioned to that when I was a kid, uh, we used to coach Biddy basketball at Anvil. And I think that had a lot to do with the success of Anvil basketball in the eighties and nineties, uh, just that brotherhood that you developed. So we actually don't really have much, uh, many issues. Now we, we will have some issues. Like I got a test tomorrow. I got this, I got, I got FFA. So it's always great to have three or four kids because you're bound to have at least two that can show up every night. Will you, is this something that, that you'll try to like um, use as a fundraiser as well? Or is this, is this just a recruiting tool slash teaching kids fundamentals and getting them prepared to eventually be on the high school team and, and, and play for you or like, what's the ultimate goal? The, the ultimate goal is, uh, Okay, trying to figure out how to say this. We do not charge. We charge as little as we possibly can to run a flag football league. So I remember the first year we charged zero dollars. I think we charged ten dollars. I don't uh, I actually don't. I couldn't give you the exact number, but it might be 10 or 15 Uh, for me. uh, One thing growing up in Anvil is we played every single sport. Uh, We played them all year round. And really, I don't remember paying for anything except for like an entry fee. And and I think there's a lot of community uh, th- that comes from that. And I also think just getting these kids out, the kids that need us the most are the ones that can't afford it. So I really like football. Uh, I, I don't like for any kid to have a reason to say I can't play football. So we, we, I don't have spikes. Uh, we We're very fortunate. We have a a great uh, feeder program of spikes. So LVC gives us some spikes at the end of the year when they don't, when they're at the end of it and they, yep. they're not really useful anymore. So we'll, we'll gobble those up. Uh, and then the other one that we always get is our kids that graduate, they will give us back spikes. So we try and get kids to never pay for anything to play football at Anvil. So we start that at a young age. Like I don't want them to pay. Um, and if we do, it's something minimal. And usually if it's 10 bucks, then we get them a t-shirt. So that's the big thing with that. It, there's no fundraising that comes from it. Okay. Have, has there been any kind of resurgence in like a midget football program or a tackle football program of any kind? Well, in the district? It's great. 
at, because we actually uh, finally fielded a team this year. So we had a fourth, fifth, and sixth grade team, uh, and the team actually came about pretty late. We ended up uh, being able to get all the equipment, get everything taken care of, and we ended up with 25 kids, grades four through six. And what we ended up doing is we never got into a league because most of the leagues you need to have an A, B, C team. Okay. Uh, and so what we ended up doing was we went to any team in Lebanon County, and we ended up scrimmaging them so our kids uh would play games on monday uh hold on let me think about that they would play on tuesday or monday night they would play their tackle football game and the neat part for those kids is they started before the flag football team did they practiced for about two weeks and then once flag football started uh they not only did tackle football but they did flag football so and and really they ended up only playing football four days a week. So they, we did not do anything on Friday night and we had no games on Saturdays or Sundays. So it was really beneficial to our parents and to our kids because their nights and their Friday through Sunday were free. And I always know that that's sometimes a complaint. Like I don't want my kid to play because my whole Sunday is gone. So we didn't have to deal with any of those issues. Um, the, the other nice part where we were at, like I said, it was all scrimmages. So we'd go 10 and 10, 10 and 10. Uh, and what we're hoping for is this year, hopefully we'll get some more kids, but hopefully by the end of the year, we can do simulated games. So there's some pros and cons to it. Like uh, a, a big school, I don't think I'd want any part of that because right. I got enough kids. But at a small school, you know, being able to get those reps, um, and, you know, you go to all the games, like the injuries happen on special teams, uh, including junior high and JV and all that, and even high school. So we eliminated a lot of the the issues that we would have, and we saw a lot of improvement with skills and, and kids wanting to be there. When I was growing up, a, a lot of the the best athletes that I, that I knew in my grade – surrounding grades guys you know guys a year older a year younger that didn't play football when i was in high school played when they were in the midget program and, uh, and they just they just burn out they burn yep. out and um, yep. whether it was a coach burn them out or yep. maybe their parent you know their own dad trying to get them so they're so interested in getting them interested in football that it just burnt it, you know I, I had a few i can i can name probably five or six off the top of my head that they just got burnt out well, and it's funny. What that. you're talking about doesn't give people the opportunity to burn out. No, I think that's, you know, that's big. It's funny you say that because at the end of the uh, so I end up being at everything. Like right now, I'm coaching midget wrestling and midget <laughs> basketball. Okay. So in the fall, my sons played football, so I ended up helping out with that. Now, the nice part is we had several coaches, so I kind of was like the equipment man. I tried awesome. to stay away. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. I, I was there, but I kind of tried to stay away. Yep. Uh, and we actually ended the season a week or two early because you could tell they were getting right, tired. Right. And and having that, we were we were not in in a league allowed us that ability to do that. Yep. So that's great. And I think at a small school, you know, like you look at Redline back in the day. I taught with a guy at uh, Calico. Uh, Redline back in the day, like their coach just passed away. Um, but the, in the fifties and sixties in their heydays, they didn't have tackle football and youth league. They, they just had flag football. So I, I think that there's a fine balance between doing it and doing it too much. 
Right. Uh, and like you said, like think about how many kids that you played with and midgets that, you know, you have your team pitchers and you go back and look at them and you're like, nah, he never finished. He didn't finish. He didn't finish. He didn't finish. And, and uh, we're trying to get away from that because we can't, we can't afford that. So when you're, if let's say you, so you may, maybe you've played on the tackle football team in sixth grade, you did the, the, uh, the flag football stuff, junior high. Yeah. What do you got going on with the junior high program? How is that transition happening between that youth stuff and then to the so, middle school and then and then into the high school realm? So our most important coaches in our school are our seventh, eighth, and ninth grade coaches. So our junior high coaches. Now, the way our junior high is, we do not have two teams. So we just have and we actually had to go down to a seventh and eighth grade team because we had to bring up some ninth graders. Okay. But the way that we're at right now is we have a uh, junior high team. Uh, it is seventh, eighth and ninth grade kids, uh, but we only keep the ninth graders down that need to be down. So, you know, we've had kids in the past that weren't really football players, but wanted to come out. So we'd let them down, uh, let them down so they could experience it. You know, kids like ours, we had smaller kids that yep. weren't physically yep. right. So we would do we do things like that. Um, but what happens where we're very and, and this is the key part. So we bring those kids up to. Uh, middle school our biggest issue is between sixth and seventh grade because uh, we actually don't have a middle school uh, we have uh, k through six at our elementary schools and then it's seven through 12th at another building so our biggest concerns are getting the seventh graders out because we don't see them like a middle school is normally six through eight we do not have the sixth graders we don't see them until that summer so we've been working on doing some spring things, bringing the sixth graders up to try and do like field days and get and it worked better this year. So we're hopefully going to continue that. Uh, but our middle school teams, uh, seventh, eighth and some ninth graders uh, and where we really uh, have to do a good job is those kids run the same offense and defense as us. So we, we have those kids running triple option. Uh, we have those kids running the same drills. And uh, where we're really fortunate, and some people might not think so, uh, we actually practice on the same field. So we only have one field for practice for our high school and junior high. And uh, we found that it's been a big benefit to us because I can walk over and talk to the kids. I can watch them practice. I can help out with drills. Uh, especially with the offensive triple option stuff and and the the correlation and and, and the uh, camaraderie between the two teams are really big for us. Get you close with your uh, junior high coaches as well, and they can see the way they can see the way that you coach and the players too that are at the junior high level. They can see the way practices run at the high school level. Just they simply just observe. They yep. can watch. Yep. I think that's awesome. And we bring our ninth graders to team camp. So the ninth graders always have, cool. and it's kind of a, it's a tough thing. So like the ninth graders, Hey, if you want to come camp, please come to camp. You want to do all the summer stuff, please come do all the summer stuff. And it's, you know, you kind of want them to, but you don't want to be too pushy right. because right. you can lose some of those yep. kids. Yeah. So, and then the other thing is, like I said, we'll, we'll go down and we'll do some of the drills with the kids. So we'll, you know, it, like we'll show them how to do a drill and then they'll run the drill and you know our our junior high coaches where we're very fortunate is our head coach uh, played football at LVC to start. Uh, he teaches at the high school, so he teaches from seventh to twelfth grade. Our other coach was our former defensive coordinator. He's also our high school head wrestling coach and our high school baseball coach. 
and then um, our Who's that, line. Matt? Who's that? That's Mike Miller. Okay. Yeah, so he's been there forever. He yep. was my teacher. Okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so, so, and then our also our uh, line coach is our junior high basketball coach and a track coach as well. Awesome. So that's one of the other things too at a small school where I, I think it's really big that your coaches don't just coach football; they coach other sports. And we we've got pretty much every coach on our staff coaches two to three sports. Well, let's get into the other sports. You, you mentioned yeah. in, in a different conversation we've had about. You know, Anvil being such a small school, how and maybe I don't know if it's in, if it's if you want to talk about off season strength and conditioning stuff or how how you get the the other sports involved and and you know a school like Anvil um, being so small, it's kind of important to kind of get the whole athletic department on the same page. You got your wife coaching a a, a sport in the same season. We mentioned that already. Can you talk on that topic about yeah, how, you, yeah. how you get roll that into one? I, it, it's it's really interesting because I try and do a lot of reading and, and I'm, I'm big into the weight room and not just weight room, but strength and conditioning and any type of uh, strength and conditioning that you can do with your kids. And the one thing when I first came here, uh, we were very lucky because the kids bought in. So in the very beginning, I was able to get 70, 80, 90 kids in the weight room every single day. And our weight room fits maybe 20. So we're lifting out in the hallway. We're lifting out in the main hallway. We're lifting anywhere that we can. It's boys, it's girls, it's high school kids, it's middle school kids. And, and you know, it's kind of faded away because the, the, uh, there, there was always a carrot over us that we're going to get a new weight room. And it, it kind of fell off. So we've seen a, a, a loss in participation. And with that loss in participation, it doesn't affect football. It affects every single sport in our school because, uh, for example, this year we have 30 kids that are returning to next year's team of the 30 kids that are returning 24 play a winter sport and 27 play a spring sport. So literally 90% of our kids are two sport athletes and 80% are three sport athletes. Uh, and even if you look at that, like we'll have a kid next year who will be a starting wideout for us who starts on the soccer team. So we'll we'll run. Interesting. You don't hear that often. No, you do not hear that often, but at small, uh, I'll give you another one. My brother's favorite one always was, uh, for a long time, our starting center was our backup quarterback, (laughs) but, but, you know, he grew up as a a quarterback and he got a he started to uh, like food like I did. So he ended up being a, a center for us. And, and, but at small schools, I mean, that that's, that's what happens. So to go along with that, uh, when it comes to the other programs, if there is not a unison amongst them, and if there's not a sharing amongst them, what's going to happen is you're going to go through some extreme cycles and not just normal cycles, but extreme cycles. So if you're not sharing the kids and you're not promoting the other sports, uh, you might get lucky to have a couple good teams during your tenure. And, and for me, uh, like I said, being from here, m- my only goal is to see our programs get back to where they were when I was a kid and all of them. So to go along with that, uh, like I'm at every basketball game, I, I'm at all the wrestling matches, but if you do not have a strength and conditioning program that runs throughout the year that is conducive to all sports, um, you're also going to be at a disadvantage. So 
we created, uh, me and a couple of our coaches created our workout plans for the years. And, you know, we go to Army, we go to Navy, we go to a lot of different clinics, and we get a lot of different things from these clinics. But I think Army strength and conditioning was probably my favorite. And the main reason it was is because they they talk, they, they have four core lifts. So they have squat, deadlift, uh, hang cleans, and bench. And if they're not doing one of those four, it's something to supplement one of those four. And when you look at a small school, you know, uh, you don't really have, you can't lift three days, uh, four days, five days during the winter because everyone's playing another sport. Yep. So you're only getting three days if you're lucky, especially when the basketball games start. So you've got to whittle it down to the core lifts. Uh, you got to really focus on those core lifts. Our kids start lifting once seventh grade hits. And because we're trying to teach them how to do those lifts because we don't have as much time with them. And for me, not only is this a male sport thing, I try and get this for the female sports. So, uh, for example, like you said, my wife's a field hockey coach. Her and the basketball coach are, uh, have a good working relationship. So the basketball team is doing the same workout that the field hockey team did. And they're lifting three times a week, even during the season. Wow, you don't hear that much with the uh, women's sports. No, at least and, at the but, high school level. Shouldn't say that yeah, at, yeah, at the high school yeah. level. You don't hear it that much. No, but but you know what? Like you know, we, we've been in in this for a long time, and the one thing that I've noticed as a teacher, so I get a lot of kickback at Anvil because it's a farm. It was a farming community. It's yeah. not as much as it was, but it was always well. We never lifted in the '80s, and we never lifted in the '90s. And and you're exactly right. We didn't lift in a weight room, but guess what? Uh, those kids were doing manual labor right, out of the right. farm. Well, and, and to be honest with you, if I have kids that are farmers that are actually manual labor farmers, there's still some, there's not many. Uh, I tell them I'll see you in August. Like, I don't need to see a lift mm-hmm. because whatever I give you can't be as bad as what you got going on at home. Uh, and we had a kid who was a roofer. So, you know, he kind of looked at you in June, like, can I come lift <laughs> so I don't have to go on top of those roofs? Like, no, uh, you're going to get a better <laughs> shape there. So, you know, what, what these people are, uh, what a lot of parents are, don't understand is, yes, we didn't lift, but we were we were working out. So, like, we don't have kids doing that. And, and you know, uh, growing up, there was a lot of basketball and swimming and, the, and you don't see kids outside. That's so, good point. It, it, if they're not working out, uh, they're not going to work out on their own. Yeah, it's become such a, almost like a manufactured world where, where the, the kids, if they have free time or something to do, it's it's like a, they don't know what to do with themselves. Their time well, is totally managed, and, and uh, yeah. yeah, they don't they don't get a chance to go outside and, and kind of do whatever they want to do with their friends, organize an outdoor game. And, and uh, Well, I'll yeah. give you a- you know, my kids are in fourth grade, and one thing that we're very, we're, we're pretty uh, strict with it. Like, we don't have any devices in the house. So when my kids are at home, the, the first thing we say is just get outside. So that's awesome. It, well, and the thing that, that that's weird is our neighbor does that too. So we're very lucky. Like they have some friends like that. But when I when I'm outside and going for a run, you don't see kids at the basketball court doing that. Uh, and, and they really just kind of get into the habit of sitting around and playing on their device. They're not even watching TV. They're just watching their phone. So uh, if, if you don't have these kids lifting, 
you're actually behind where we were in the 80s and 90s. And that's what a lot of people are missing. Uh, you know, they'll go to us. Well, we didn't lift in the 80s. No, no you actually did. You did a lot more than the kids do now, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about triple option. You talked about Army Navy. You talked about the, that's the offense you're running, that how you how you see the uh, you work it out with the junior high. Talk a little bit about triple option football and, 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 you know, the stigma on it and, you know, the not having a pass or a limited passing game and, and how it's been beneficial to you and to a small school like Anvil or even a big school like, like uh, Cacalco as they were growing there, still running the triple option. Yeah, I, I think it's funny because I guess maybe because I graduated from here and I guess maybe because I know a lot of the parents, you know, I get a lot of people that come up to me and they feel like they can say anything and, well, why don't we pass more? Why don't we pass more? Why don't we pass more? Why? And, you know, uh, sometimes it, it, it grinds on you a little bit, but when you look at it, you know, us in Cacalico are usually consistently in the top five in the league and in scoring and, and, uh, it usually translates to, to success and, and that for me, that's always the bottom line when it comes to what I'm trying to run. Uh, but we end up running uh, triple option all the time. And the reason that we end up running triple option is because I'm a math guy and it's very simple numbers. All, all 11 guys play offense. Uh, you do not eliminate the quarterback from the ability to run. And you typically in triple option, you're not blocking two guys. So you're actually adding offensive players by not blocking defensive players uh so uh, mathematically it's a very simple equation so I, we we like that um the other part the other reason that we do it is uh typically when we started our kids do not look like a lot of other kids on other teams so uh being able to create a double team up front uh, and still have numbers advantages, we have to do that. Like we can't run an inside zone, outside zone stretch offense uh, because we can't push without a double team. So that's a lot of things that we look at. Um, the other one too is this, our kids will play three sports a year. So, you know, our quarterback, love him, but he's not going to, he, he hasn't picked up a football since football's over. Right. Good so point. If, Never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, if you look at these great passing teams, so I just remember going over to In the Net and you're watching teams throw starting in December. They'll throw one night a week for 40 weeks leading up to the season. We do not have that in Anvil. Now, if, if the kids decided, hey, I want to pass the ball and we want to do this, that's fine. We can pass the ball over the yard. I have no problem. But um, so th there, there's a lot of reasons why we do it. Uh, the stigma is always funny to me because what a lot of people don't understand is all triple option is is RPOs, except it's really actually a little bit more of a complicated RPO. Uh, RPOs is just a run and a pass. So it's really double option. So we'll run some of that out of shotgun with our kids and our quarterbacks are actually really successful because it's only one option instead of when they run triple, they got to have two. So it, it's pretty funny because uh, really you're doing it without the need to pass the ball. Um, one thing that I always say is the goal of any offense is to get their best athletes in open space. And effectively, we're doing the same thing, except instead of passing it, we're pitching it. You just see so much um... – where, where now, no matter what the offense is, where you're going to option a player, 
you're going to run yep. the zone read. You know, that, that was a big thing a few years ago. The yep. zone read, you're running your zone, and, and the quarterback was looking at that D end who was unblocked. Yep. And then, you know, there's different ways to, to kind of use those unblocked players and read those unblocked players. And then it got to the point where it was a second-level player, a linebacker or a roll-down safety. Now that, that was the RPO. Yep. But it all started with the, the triple option, with triple option yep. football. It's yeah, it, same premise. It's, re it's really no different. Yep. And, and, you know, it, the nice part is if we ever have the kids that have the ability to throw and catch the ball well, it's not very difficult to implement those things. In fact, we have them in our offense, but we just end up not using it very often. Uh, to be honest with you, like we, we just don't have many times where we have those kids. A couple of years ago, we did. Uh, so our quarterback ended up throwing for a thousand yards and our, our best athlete ended up running for like 800 and receiving for 800. And it makes makes my life easier when we can do it. So I, I prefer to do it. Uh, my first three years, I coached at Cedar Crest. And my first year, uh, I had Brandon Kirsch as our quarterback who ended up going to Purdue. And life was really easy. <laughs> when, you, when you had a quarterback and receivers that could throw and catch and spread a field like that, it was pretty easy. Good but, players make good coaches. Oh, I, you know, it, I, I'm up top uh, trying to help out. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> Spike's talking to me like, what do you think? I'm like, let him do whatever he <laughs> wants. And we'll just sit back here and enjoy the ride. But really, we were running. That was Purdue's offense. Like, they were they were running some RPOs then. We were pretty much running spread option out of shotgun, which is the same thing we're running under center. And we're just trying to get guys in open space. There, there's no difference between what we're doing. You have a system, too. You have a system that, I mean, if you're a senior in your football program that you've probably been a part of now for five years. Yep. And, yep. and piggybacking on what you said, you got a lot of three-sport athletes. So you don't have a lot of installation time. You got the summertime, and then and then football season starts. Well, so you it, have it, a system in place already. It's funny you say that because so we had this year we ended up starting three ninth graders. Okay. So on our offensive line, we went sophomore, sophomore. So they both were on the junior high team last year. Then we had a senior at center. We had a guard who was a junior, but he was a first year, a second year player. And then we had freshman, freshman tackle and tight end. Uh, we actually had very few issues because it's the same. We have make the same blocking calls and we run the exact same offense. Just, we have some tags. So we add a couple things, but you know, we run, uh, pretty much midline inside, outside, uh, triple option. And then we'll run some type of toss. We'll run belly G and then we run our pass game. But those kids, they came up, and really we had no issues with making calls or blocking assignments. You have your older players, too, to be able to kind of coach those guys, you know, when they have questions. And, and it's almost like they're an extension of your coaching staff because they probably know what's going on. And, and they can coach them while they're in school. They can coach them, you know, out on the practice field. They have a quick question. They can answer it instead of having to talk to a coach or actually screw up the rep. They can well, just talk to their buddy. And, you know, like you t you watch sports all the time and you look at all this, and it, all, all people say is play fast, play fast, play yeah, fast. Well, the yeah. way you can play fast is if you understand what you're doing. You know, one thing that we do a lot is a lot of times I won't call a play. So we, we have a lot of audibles. Our quarterback has free reign over that. 
Um, and there was years at Cacalico where we'd call the formation and, and we called Veer on the line. So we'd call the formation, they'd run to the ball, uh, we'd have a dummy count, and then they'd call the play. And really, ideally, uh, for me, I would not have to call many plays at all. So it, the goal is to get these kids to the point where when they're on the field, they make the adjustments, they call the offense because they can see it better than I can. Um, I enjoyed being up top trying to help call offense for my brother because I could see everything. I do find that sometimes I'm like, what is going on on the other half of that field? So uh, it's funny because I'll call plays so I can see what's going on, uh, uh, at least for the first couple of plays based off the sideline. So I can at least see what they're lined up. In. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. So, yeah, in a quarter, you get a good quarterback and triple option, and they understand how to do it. Uh, life's pretty nice. Well, Coach, I'm going to wrap things up there. It's been great talking to you. There's been there's some really good tidbits in there, especially guys that – I mean, even if you're at a big school, there was some good stuff there, Coach, and, and the, the you know guys that are at small schools, some really good stuff there as well. But it's almost like you're you're kind of living out your dream. You're uh you're at your alma mater. You're building things up there. You're teaching. You're in the building. So you're you're kind of wrapped up with those kids all the time. And I think that's awesome. I think that's yeah, really- it, it it's funny because you know you you leave the school and and there's about five of your kids that you teach. So uh, <laughs> my 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 wife gets a little annoyed sometimes when 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 and I I'm rather sarcastic. So I, I'll roll down the car window and I'll start uh, jawing with some kids and she's like. <laughs> Can we just get where we're trying? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, we won't. We'll get there in a little bit. That's great. That's great. Yeah, half the fun of coaching is kind of talking a little smack to your players when when it's, when you're, it's not practice time. Uh, oh, oh hey, hey, we we so I'm very lucky. My coaches are great guys, and you know a lot of them are my age, and we were buddies and played together, mm-hmm. and, and and we're good friends. And there is time if you came in and you would hear a conversation with us. You might, but the thing that we do is we love our kids and, and we coach them hard and, and the kids know it. So when, you know, if an outsider were coming in, they're like, is that okay? No, it's okay. <laughs> because, you know, when they come over to my house and, and they need something, then, then that's why it's okay. Good. Good stuff. So, yeah. Hey, sometime you should get my brother on here and you can have the uh, topic of what it's like coaching with your brother. I'd because love to do that. Love well, the first on. five years, it would you would not be able to uh, put that on the podcast. Uh, it was a little rough. There was a lot of fighting going on. True but by brotherly the- love. So oh speak. boy, yes, older brother, younger brother rivalry. Yes. Well, maybe we get Coach Stroll back on. I'd like to hear his point of view from that uh, standpoint too. He, he well, by the time he got there, it was a uh, very dull, okay, uh, to say the least. At okay. the very beginning, there was. There was some uh, – the, the headsets, if you could <laughs> record what was said on the headsets on a Friday night, uh, you could make a million dollars. Well, you guys got it done. You had a good run there, Cacalico. Yep, and it was a great time. Thanks again for coming on here, Coach. I don't, don't want to take up any more your, your time. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see you in the future, and hopefully we can get you back on here again. Sounds good. appreciate this, and thank you for all you do. No problem, Coach. Take care. Okay. Coaches, if you enjoyed today's episode and you'd like to hear more, just subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're not familiar with podcasts, this really is a good format. 
especially for coaches that are busy. You can multitask while you're listening to a podcast. If you subscribe, look, look, look on settings somewhere. Look to subscribe either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, and that way you'll get notified every time a, a new episode of this podcast is published. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.